monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise he did the match he did the monster match the monster match it was a graveyard smash he did the match it caught on hello world uh, I know it's been a while but we are back now with another episode of Oddcast with Ben and Fiona <laughs> how you doing I'm pretty good today we have what I think is both a very exciting topic and an even more exciting guest happy halloween happy Halloween, Uh, spooked over i just keep saying spooked over and it's so cringe every time i say it but i'm just i'm just gonna keep saying it yeah well today we have a very special guest uh my old friend ian spencer say hi he's calling in from uh where were you from again uh Such a complicated question, but uh, as as you you people would say, I'm uh, I'm an East Coaster, North Northeastman, and also Fiona and I are friends now too, so we're all friends. Oh yeah, we're all friends. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ian's my my new friend, uh, made in this auspicious month. Mm-hmm. So auspicious. They say 2020 is the year of no new friends, but I reject that. Yeah, I got the digits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, so yeah, Ian, um, we're talking about Halloween today and uh, we invited you on as an honored guest uh, because you uh, are, you know, uh, what, how did you just describe yourself? Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm a miserable <laughs> cask of a human shell, but uh, you know, so uh, our- some have called me pretty spooky. So, uh, obviously, you know. an expert in this topic, um, all things spooktober. So, mm-hmm. we're excited to have you on. Mm-hmm. The guy so, with, in the background, you have what your Army of Darkness poster, you got your Hellraiser soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. You're an aficionado. I mean, yeah. I like to keep it light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to provide the visuals of our surroundings to our auditory listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, okay. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but October is actually my favorite month of the whole year. Fall is my favorite season. Uh, I just love all things. Why is that? Why is that? Wow. You're, you're a great interviewer. Um, because it is... I learned it from listening to you. <laughs> we have had conversations before this one. Um, yeah, because October is just really dope. Um, my mom was a costumer. We can start really young here. Uh, mom was a costumer. And wow. um, I always had the dopest costumes. Uh, but, you know, deeper than that, it's just a very spooky month. Uh, I love the cold, crisp air of fall. I love all Same. the colors, uh, the smells, you know, um, somebody baked an apple pie the other day. It was really wonderful. Um, and also just mm-hmm. the witchiness. It's like the, the freaks come out and I'm here for it. Yeah. What about you guys? Benjamin? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I usually associate fall with kind of like, uh, I don't know, I feel like everyone really enjoys it, honestly. I can't really say that it is my favorite, like, month. I feel like it's like everyone, it's like everyone's favorite month. Uh, Because it is, I guess it's pretty good. Yeah. I associate it with a kind of... You guys can see something, right? What? 
We can see why. You guys get seasons, right? Like fall. You you have deciduous trees. We have a very nice fall here. We don't really have deciduous it's trees. Not, not really. No. Yeah. Really? That's so surprising because you guys are like at about the same like northern. I want to yeah. say you're around the same northern tip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they call us the evergreen state. So yeah. don't get as many cool colors as on the East yeah, Coast. Yeah, it's too much green here. Yeah, it's really annoying when people come here to see the leaves. Mm-hmm. Really annoying. I really want to do that. My like, yeah. my, Well, I mean, that would be different because I like you guys, but like the tourists, it's like, you know, like there's pictures on Google. Yeah. There's videos. You can watch the leaves literally fall. You don't have to come and see it. Yeah, you can turn on the fireplace <laughs> on the TV. Yeah. But I think I, it feels like a nice return to form for the seasons, especially for everyone here. Like in Seattle, as soon as it's summertime out, everyone's, you know, normally kind of like dressed in like black, these kind of like proto hipster punk kind of like people. Yeah, yeah. And gray, lots of like blacks and grays. But, and then when it's like sunny out, like hot out, the most you'll see is people like cutting off their jeans to make little like jean shorts cut off. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. just cut up some and then t-shirts. After, and then, but the then as soon as like the fall comes, it's like okay, we can like go back to listening to like you know dark music. We can be like okay, okay, that was like we got overcooked a little bit during the summer, and now we're like retreating back into like the eventual like rain that like resides in our bones, basically. <laughs> and so it's a nice like we're coming back to our like origins after have, being like a tourist in the sun for a little bit. I think I sometimes forget that like people don't behave like that or wear dark clothes or, you know, do those things all year round. Mm -hmm. Cause that's definitely like, I I don't, I don't think of those kinds of things as seasonal. Typically the only thing that should be seasonal are ingredients (laughs) or the seasons themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Clothing, music choices. Yeah. Hmm? There's that guy who like, um, is on a skateboard and he's like uh, sipping on, uh, this is a famous uh, meme on TikTok right now, which I know all about because I just started getting into TikTok, but he, he's like on a skateboard. Mm-hmm. And he, um, yeah. Did you only get into it because now we can't? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Cause my roommates are whatever, but um, he's like on a skateboard <laughs> going down the street and he's like listening to that song. It's like, now here we go. Da, 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 uh, what is that song? Um, uh, anyway, uh, it's, it's really like chill classic rock song. And, uh, and he's like sipping on a, a latte or whatever. Um, and then he just did a Halloween themed one where he like is wearing a pumpkin on his head and he like has his pumpkin spice latte and he just like, Oh, I saw, I saw that. And he did you see it on it? his head. Yes. Yeah, I did. I did. So I get all uh, my TikTok videos on Instagram. I feel mm-hmm. that was my yeah. cultural, uh, nugget there. Um, but we have Absolutely. bigger fish to fry on this episode, uh, other than, um, True. TikTok memes or whatever you call them. Let's get to brass tacks. Yes. As um, most older people would say. I have a really interesting connection. It's a little ill-timed here, but um, or I was doing a little digging into the origins of Halloween. And of course, uh, they originate um, uh, in with pagan traditions. But uh, it used to be around tax collecting season where people just like, like all the, mm-hmm. um, all the folks from... Yeah, all the folks from the fields came to their like uh, land, wealthy landowners and kings, and like brought up, you know, brought like little uh, offerings and also their their tax money. So 
we're getting, Mm -hmm. let's get to it. Yeah. I mean, okay. So in terms of the origin, um, the, the like oldest records of, I mean, so Halloween is actually kind of a combination between both all, all Hallows Eve or, or, uh, um, there's another name for it that's blanking on me or, and the, uh, the pagan Celtic tradition of, uh, Sawin, um, spelt S A H M A I N, I believe. So it looks like Samain, but it's like all Gaelic. It's never pronounced the way yes. that it's spelled. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so Sawin, there's actually no way to, uh, connect Sawin to like the dead necessarily. Sawin was more, um, like a, a change of the seasons. Like, you know, the, I believe it occurred typically on November 1st instead of October 31st. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you said, it was, it was for the, um, the, the, the people who had been conquered by whoever to pay tribute after their harvests um, before they start to to um, buckle down for the the cold seasons, and um, actually, the the a lot of the or or not a lot, of, uh, at least a scholar that I I read um, tied instead of Sawin being about you know the dead or communing with the dead, it was more about like the death of the su- like the summer or kind yeah. of like that like cold you know colder darker month. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to, you know, communing with the dead or, or, you know, uh, communing with like ancient loved ones. Like those are all things that started to be taken from other, either other cultures or other religions around the local the area over 2000 years. Mm-hmm. Right. It, right. Um, I mean, except, except probably day of the dead, just because geographically it was so, so much further away. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, cause I mean, they had basically like the Celts were spread out over France, Britain, and Ireland for the most part, there was definitely an insurgence in Spain. They all, I believe in the Alhambra, but, um, but don't quote me on that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so they had, they had a lot of draws from, from many places over 2000 years. And that's when you start to get the whole, um, you know, costuming, which is actually similar to uh, what's called mumming or guising, mm-hmm. which was basically when people would dress up and go to other people's houses to beg for food, not candy. So like they, you know, you'd have to give your your stuff to the the collector or the debtor, but then you would also have people coming to beg for, for food for themselves because, you know, maybe they don't have a farm or, or for whatever reason. Um, but that's actually what they would call the mummer's dance. And that was something that happened uh, Celtically and they would wear masks. And uh, there's actually a beautiful song uh, by a woman named Lorena McKennett called The Mummer's Dance. Um, I actually have a tattoo of her signature on my ribs right here. Um, I, I grew up listening to her. I've met her. She's amazing. She sings about everything that is like old and Celtic and beautiful. And, and, and yeah, so Lorraine McKinnon is a, a huge inspiration. And if you're, if you're into the spooktober and you're, you're, you're doing the, the winter, I mean, she has music for all times of the year, but uh, she's really quite someone to, to get into, especially if you want that, like, foresty mythical fairy vibe in this in this time of Selwyn. So that's a super bonus. Uh, elite, you know, VIP members only are going to get access to this little uh, nugget. Okay, I really want to see this. So, uh, go down a little bit. We, oh my gosh. Wow. It's beautiful. It's as like Tolkien-esque as I thought it would be. 
Um, He's a fan. I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah, I actually just showed um, last week or when when you were driving me here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just showed Ben that song. I'm, I was so hoping that, that you would know about it. Honestly, when you said the mists of Avalon, I was like, she's a believer. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. Have you ever seen her live? Just again, quickly. No. No. You, you, you will. I've watched you, videos of it. You will. I flew to South Carolina to see her for the oh, third time. Oh, my God. But, like... So, so you will, you will see her. Um, she's she's got a lot of vitality. Um, but but so and and this this can sort of tie in. I don't really believe when I was younger when I saw her for the first time. I have a you know an an interesting story about angels when I was younger, but um, I believe that I like saw and heard angels or whatever. We can get into it later, but um, I, I you know I'm so skeptical that I really don't you know I'm sure that it was something to do with youth or you know the chemicals in my brain, whatever. Um, but when I first heard Lorena McKennett perform and sing, I felt if angels do exist, they definitely sound like that. cut this love fest short here um (laughs) that's wonderful i remember i got this like spooky sounds for halloween cd when i was like 10 Uh it had like you know the monster mash on it it had like like uh something like werewolves of london or something i just learned to appreciate monster mash i used to hate that song now when i hear it i'm like oh my god this is adventures of sabrina it's such a swivelly song that definitely helped so i i've made a little note sawin's long association with death and the dead reflects the pagan focus on nature's rhythms um so we have uh we have um, Samhain, which is the uh, counterpart to Beltane, which was the summer fire festival. And um, festival. yeah, and, and they, they lit bonfires to ward off evil spirits um, and put candles in the windows to, to guide the spirits of loved ones um, on, on the night where the veil between the worlds is the thinnest. Um, and so, yeah, I, I thought that was a really cool, I, I want to get into the veil between the worlds being the thinnest on Halloween night a little bit. Uh, cause that's Does that have to do with the moon phases. Um, no, not really. I mean, except in that, like, there's this, uh, there's this old Celtic proverb that says like, um, uh, heaven and earth are three feet apart, but in thin places, that distance is even closer. And uh, I think that during the time of a full moon, uh, as with any in-between time, like a full moon at midnight, um, those are the times when the, uh, you know, the fairy folk are about. And the, uh, so so Halloween represents like the, uh, an in-between time. It's the it's the uh, time in between summer and winter, and we are we're transitioning um, into the darker half of the year. Some so. sort of harmonic convergence. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's interesting how 
what starts off as a kind of universal cross-cultural acknowledgement of seasonal turning suddenly crosses this Rubicon and then suddenly it's like, no, 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 it's not only just a cultural or a seasonal turning, it's some supernatural unleashing too. Like something about the changing of the seasons, we like add on all this other supernatural stuff to it, which is interesting. So it sort of just goes beyond just like a purely seasonal celebration. Well, I mean, if you think about it just in the sense that people didn't have the answers that we have now, I mean, everything that happened, whether it was a storm or a rainbow or, you know, the changing of seasons on a, on a semi-regular, you know, I mean, now we know a regular basis, but to them, you know, they didn't really have, their years were based off of their seasons. I feel like it was almost similar to, you know, like when in a kingdom, a foot would just be whatever that king's foot size was. It wasn't 12 inches or anything like that. Um, But yeah, they didn't have any other explanation for it. So, you know, that's why people created gods. I feel like to, you know, attribute meaning to, to these fantastic, amazing things that they couldn't explain. Like the seasons. Yeah. And it seemed like uh, fear first brought God into the world. It it feels like uh, the big motivator of this time of year is that it's it's a um an acknowledgement of just the coming darkness and a preparation for it and it's the time where the darkness is most celebrated because like it's the only time of the dark part of the year where people are actually happy that it is <laughs> yeah because i mean they're they're fat from the the bounty of the harvest they're feeling good it's a time to just be to, to start looking inward. And I feel like all of this come is reflected in like modern neo-pagan rituals um, where, where there, there's like a, a celebration of, of these rhythms. I almost feel like thanks. I mean, this is just like a really random weird opinion that, you know, seems to correlate, but like Thanksgiving, they said that Thanksgiving and, and uh, Halloween with the whole, like uh, there was a, time when people would beg during thanksgiving as well mm-hmm. um, and thanksgiving is technically you know uh you know it was when the pilgrims came and you know did their whole horrible genocidal thing that we paint over as a beautiful uh feast with the natives and the indigenous people uh but anyways uh i feel like it was basically be- thanksgiving only came about because like maybe they got there a little bit later than the October feast would have been. And so we just created another feast a month after. I, I saw something that already about that. Like it's like a second harvest feast and it's like, okay, well we got two of these now, whatever. Um, <laughs> more food. Yeah. Um, that's a funny connection. I was just looking up uh, or refreshing my memory about the Adams family. Cause I want to do like a, a portrait with with my housemates uh where we all dress yes. up as adam's family that members so spooky in that yeah um and i forgot that in the original adam's family movie wednesday adams i mean i don't even remember the movie at all i'll be honest um just the fact that angelica houston is Morticia. but um i uh i forgot that wednesday adams goes on this like whole like diatribe when she's in the school play about like the genocide of um of Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like the Thanksgiving play, she's like a a character in it. And then she just like goes off. She was a treasure. Oh boy. Anyway, she's a spooky character too with Casper and 
you know, uh, family and cursed. She was in a Wes Craven movie before he died. Yeah, but um, they see spirits. Um, speaking of seeing spirits, is that is this a good transition to um, uh, the ghost stories that we've uh, that feel near and dear to our hearts at this time of year? Sounds lovely. Mm-hmm. Do you want to start with maybe what's a ghost story that uh, your favorite ghost story, and then we can do maybe like your favorite creature after that? Yeah, yeah, just any any supernatural yeah. beings that come to mind right now. In this in this blessed month, Ben, you should start us off. Mm, let's see, favorite scary story. Um, I used to have a, remember that scary stories to tell in the dark book. There were yeah, the three of them. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up reading a lot of those. Like, not only are the stories very scary, like specifically considering that its audience is for children, and yet these these stories are very, very scary. And the illustrations are even more frightening too. This sort of blotchy, inky, just ugly, grotesque Ooh. things. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like he like really wanted to be a dope tattoo artist, but then was like, you know, tattoos weren't popular, and so he's like, oh, I'll just put it in a book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lots of splatter paintings. Yeah. Um, I don't really remember any individual stories from those books, but I do remember just reading them a lot when I was younger. So, you remember any of the individual ones? Oh, I do. Stories to tell in the dark. Oh, okay. Yeah. There was one about like a girl with a sp- like a spider bite on her face that kept getting bigger and bigger, and then like it burst when she was in the tub, and mm-hmm. spiders like went out of her face. Ah, nice. Well, because they made they made a they made a movie about it recently. Guillermo del Toro yeah. was a part of it. I don't think he specifically like spearheaded it, but he was definitely involved. And that was one of the like stories that they depicted because it's one of the more popular um, uh, one of those stories. But I feel like if I if I bring this next topic of categorizing horror stories up, y'all will just like go off. Um, I'll I'll keep an eye on the time, but uh, I feel like that goes under the category of body horror, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Which is, which is certainly one thing that that's spooktacular. Uh, What, what would y'all say is uh, a thing that actually scares you? Like what, what sort of genre of scariness scares you? Or what about just in life? quickly you know like we have the 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 like what what's a real fear of yours um wait repeat the end of that what's a real fear of yours it doesn't have to be you know like too cerebral or anything but like something that like just really fucking freaks you out i mean serial killers hands down well people are by far and away the scariest thing yeah we're all scared of serial killers like no one wants we are the monster Uh yeah (laughs) Yeah. I take that that message from scary movies to heart for sure. Yeah. Like like mirror like someone who's afraid of mirrors. Yeah. Oh, that's that's an interesting one. Um like all mirrors. Because of what they see in the mirror. It's it's not it's a it's such it's a legitimate fear. It's yeah. Why, that's why you see people cover mirrors in their home, but they still have the mirrors up. It's like why don't you just take them down? Mm-hmm. But like, don't look in the mirror if you're taking drugs. <laughs> I mean, I honestly, I kind of brought that up because there's a mirror behind you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can see right here. Yeah. Right. That's our portal right. to, uh, to the world that you inhabit. Well, yeah. And oh God, mirrors and portals is a whole nother discussion. So let's just move on. Yeah. Okay. Well, I said mine, um, serial killers scare me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you guys? 
I really like these like horror things, like an invasion of the body snatchers type of thing, where like suddenly the person that you thought you knew is not the person Ooh, anymore. Yeah. That to me, that's, that's so creepy. frightening. Yeah, I mean, that's you sh- there's like the zombie version of that, but then there's the like kind of like the Rosemary's Baby version of that. The like it's like a mass conspiracy with society against you that's trying uh-huh. to coerce you into something. You, but you're just afraid of all your worst fears coming true. <laughs> Well, it's more like your suspicions of of people and their behaviors. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, trust. Yeah. It's yeah. like uh like or like invasion of the body snatchers is great. Uh like perfect. you finally open yourself up and let yourself in and you feel connected to these people and then it turns out that every single one of them is nefarious and against you and like yeah, or and just like you're the protagonist in the way of yeah. Yeah. Then we'll be on the therapist couch next next episode. I was just about to say that's something to talk you to really you. What are worst fears? <laughs> you know, you're like, well, Ben. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, fine. And I, yeah. I mean, I was going to say, we just, we just got through months worth of therapy work with a random stranger. So uh-huh. you're welcome. Um, I don't know, like is to gang up on you. Yeah, that's what I figured. I'm absolutely not. I'm about to be real. Uh, I don't know. I, I both like to think that I'm not afraid of a lot of things. And at the same time, I can name hundred things that, you know, m- make me uncomfortable or terrify me, like mm-hmm. getting pushed off a cliff, that feeling of falling. I experience it in my dreams a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it'll happen to me when I'm having a nightmare. I somehow will just like vacate whatever horrible situation I'm in and I'll just be eternally falling. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like, like that, like weird, but, but to be fair, I've never skydove and I'd like to do that to see like, if after a, you know, half a minute or something, you, you lose that fear of falling because you're, what is that like immersion therapy? I don't yeah. Know. Like, or some sort of homeostasis. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, plenty of, you know, I'm not, I used to be kind of pretty afraid of spiders, but then I went into the Amazon and they're like bigger than your face. So when you see a normal house spider, you're not quite as terrified. Uh, Uh, hmm. But I don't know. I I guess I am similar. I'm similar to Ben in the, in the sense that like, I am suspicious of people, but I, I, I don't think that like I'm in some sort of huge conspiracy, like that centers around me. Um, because, because that would make me, you know, that would, that, that would give me like more credit than I give myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do fear that like I put trust in the wrong person and then that person turns around and like, is my downfall mm-hmm. in some way, but in some sort of horrific way, t- some sort of like really scary, messed up, fucked up way that I'm like, how did I not see this coming? I've watched so many movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess kind of what we, you said about, oh, I feel like I'm giving myself too much credit for being special if I'm some sort of chosen cult sacrifice or invasion of the body snatchers victim or even just like a serial killer victim. There's a kind of like, like fated justice, like, you know, in all these scary movies, it's always like the slightly irritating people that have the worst things happen to them just for being slightly irritating mm-hmm. or making, you know, some slightly wrong moral decision. Yeah, they're, they're very moralistic, these, these horror yeah. movies. But like what you just described is like the like... Yeah, the women have to get punished. Yeah, exactly. Like every movie. Yeah, like Psycho, you know. Yeah, all Hitchcock. Yeah, Hitchcock, like he's famous for punishing the woman. But anyways, continue with your point. Well, then there's like the like Lovecraftian 
forces beyond your control or understanding are just going to just steamroll over your life, basically. Um, and I feel, or the, the like impersonalness of like the universe, like is just kind of like a whole whole thing or like the, the universe is like stranger than we do understand or could ever understand. Um, so well, that's, I mean, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, obviously. Yeah. 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 Those ones and the ones about like cults or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, this is actually kind of fun. Mm -hmm. That that doesn't get me as much. Yeah. Or like the movie. But are you, are you leading the cult in this situation? Yeah, I guess in, in Midsommar, which we did an episode on, uh, oh, yeah. uh, I envisioned myself as uh, the protagonist. Yes. You know. The one who gets eaten by the bear? <laughs> You're the Spoiler bear. alert. <laughs> the, the bear it's boy. a shitty boyfriend movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, because that, that movie, I don't know if we're talking about Midsummer again, but like that also has the, like, your whole I haven't seen it. against you. You haven't seen it? Oh, you should see it. No. This, no, so yeah. go watch it. I would not say it's a Halloween, it's not on our exclusive Halloween to watch list, though. Um, so it's not a Halloween movie, I would say, but uh, it seems like the, the kind of content that you know, the scary theme that we were about. okay. Yeah. Okay, this is probably a good transition into like you know, movie type things that have like scared you again, because like, you know, you said that you recently watched it and that freaked you out. And to be fair, the first it, there were a couple scenes that I was like, Whoa, this was, this was almost a bit much, but in a good uh, way. Like I loved it. The second uh, movie was whatever, but. Uh, um, yeah. I, I think you're all crazy who all, everyone who loves horror movies. I think you're crazy. But um, besides that, uh, would you yeah. consider the silence of the lambs horror? I would not watch that in a million years. You would not watch The Silence of the Lambs? That's the movie that beat out Beauty and the Beast for Best Picture in 1991. about people that don't watch horror movies. They're literally cheating themselves off of like an entire array of experiences. Well, Silence of the Lambs is a horror movie. It's not even a horror film. And I know there's not a single drop of blood. That's not true. But there's only a tiny bit of blood. Right. Yeah. Number one, I've heard that before. Number two, yeah. you don't you don't know me. You don't know how I feel after I watch that <laughs> sleeping alone in my bed it's, at night. It's, it's, I, it's we um, recently watched Cabin in the Woods, and um, it's I it's a horror movie. It's I, almost an action flick. And I woke up um, at like four in the morning, and I was like dying of thirst. Like my throat was burning. I was so freaking thirsty. I waited for two and a half hours awake in bed uh, for my roommate to get up to feed the dog at 630, which he usually does, uh, to get out of bed um, because I was not going to get out of bed myself in an empty house. So uh, in the woods, not having fever, right? Yeah, cabin in the woods. Uh, It doesn't matter how spoopy it is. Hocus Pocus doesn't scare me. I will say that, but uh, yeah, it affects me, and it affects a lot of people in that way. I'm just gonna say that. Wow. Wait. So, like, the content doesn't matter. It's it's the effect it has on you after the fact. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can be watching it and like, oh yeah, ooh, that's but like, scary. But like, but like, if you were to have, watch like a scary space movie, like Alien, scary movie, would that favorite. have the same effect? Would that have the same effect on you in your own home? Because the settings are different. Uh, I mean, I think settings do have do play a role, but it's just that like unexpected intrusion of like 
this isn't supposed to be here and I'm going to come upon it in the dark and I have no way of protecting myself. I don't know. Like it, it bleeds into my fear of serial killers. Cause it's like this totally unexpected thing that's there. That is fascinating. It's malicious. But you watched uh, the witch. You love the witch. Oh, the witch was great. Yeah. See what, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> The witch was the witch was a little messed up. I, I only saw it once in theaters at like one thirty in the morning, and the only other person in the theater was a guy who legit paid to go see a movie to fall asleep within the five, first five minutes. Like on, actually, to be fair, it was two people. One person was very engaged, and his brother or whatever who had come was just passed out on the the like recliner. Um, the witch was great, though. I remember really. I was actually just thinking about the witch today on my drive. I was trying to remember like the weird like parts at the end where they're, you know, doing their, their yeah. witchy thing. And, yeah. Um, I think okay, so I so think cause it's historical. It's, <laughs> no, it's a great period piece. Amazing yeah, period, period piece. Besides that, just like the theme of, of Halloween season for me is witches and anything. It's like, it's, I, I, I really feel connected to that vibe during this time of year. So that's the crux. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed the witch. That's good. That's a good step. Because it should be a, a little freaky. It should be a freaky movie. Uh-huh. First step. Like a long you like witches. Uh-huh. Is there a witch movie you don't like? Um, I haven't watched Carrie. Just going off of what I've heard, I don't think I will. Um, that's she's that's that's almost more of a sci-fi. She's just telekinetic. Oh, okay. Well, don't ruin it for me. But um, uh, no, I liked the craft. We watched the craft recently. Um, that was good. Uh, yeah, like I like witch movies. They just can't have a lot of like blood and gore. Not into it. Blood and gore is not necessarily necessary for no. a movie to be successful. One of my favorite horror movies, I saw a classic horror movie, which I saw for the first time less than a year ago, was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The great and, movie. But there's, and you realize there's not a single drop of blood in the entire movie, but because of the way that it's like filmed and just the like vibe that it gives you, it gives you like the impression that you just saw like something really violent and gory and blood filled just because of just like how just like rotting every frame of that movie is and just how sun drenched and grimy that whole thing is. And it's a great movie. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really great. If you can give me a horror movie without suspense, maybe I'll try it out. (laughs) (laughs) May as well ask for a horror movie, uh, a silent horror movie. Why don't, why don't we actually switch it to the people who, to talk about horror movies who actually like horror movies (laughs) instead of just like talking to Fiona, who's like, I like Hocus Pocus. No, uh, excuse, excuse me, Ben. Hocus Pocus is one of my top three favorite movies of all time. No disrespect. Yeah. No, no, no disrespect. No disrespect. I have, I have a Funko Pop on that shelf over there of the. I'm just gonna go grab it real quick. Funko Pop. What is that? I don't know. Oh, oh man, you don't trust it. Mm. Um. All right. Here it is. Hocus Pocus. Oh, my God. What is this? Okay, we see our faces. I, I just see the reflection on the thing. The I'm, try, I'm trying sisters, to... um, and then I see little like mm-hmm. okay, they're they're like little dolls around a cauldron. Mm-hmm. Oh man! But anyway, wow, wow! Like, Hocus Pocus is an excellent movie. It doesn't have to be a horror movie to be. I mean, that, I guess that kind of like ties into you know scary movies versus movies that depict Halloween or you know yeah, uh, the there's this year in a. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hocus Pocus is excellent. It's mm-hmm. an amazing movie. 
Um, I, I fully support that being a movie you like. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, so we've we've talked about scary stories here, um, and the things movies. that uh, movies movies that that really uh, that we associate with this time of year. Um, what about scary stories? Like, what has really spooked you? Sure, crossover is fine. Like, what what has really rattled you? This can be a story or a movie. Besides the most recent debates. Quickie, just a quickie. Can't get these takes anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Let's see, something that's really rattled me. Uh, and I, I had mentioned this to Ben recently uh, the movie House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Classic. It's, it's a Rob Zombie movie. It's, what do you like about it? What is it? I, <laughs> to say that I like it, would I mean would would entail that I I saw it more than once to be honest, and it's not that it was so deranged that I couldn't watch it again. Every time I watch it, I'm like, I want to watch this with someone. I want to watch it with someone who hasn't seen it the way that I like watched it for the first time. And there's other movies that are you know uh, in imperatively better either better movies or better horror movies or whatever. But for some reason, this movie just like it just got me. Um, it, 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 I totally wasn't expecting it because to be fair, the name house of a thousand corpses, I was thinking it was going to be some, and his name is Rob zombie. So I thought it was going to be some sort of zombie movie maybe, or, you know, or, and, and it, it, you know, I had seen it in my brother's DVD case for like a decade, for like 10 years. And it wasn't until college and, you know, I love, horror, you know, I love the horror genre and I love that kind of stuff. And I was with a friend, of, a mutual friend of Ben and, and mine, who's a, a, you know, metalhead Mike. Um, and uh, he be, and he brought he brought up Cabin in the Woods, too. So that day we watched Cabin in the Woods, and, you know, because I hadn't seen it. And then we watched House of a Thousand Corpses. And that's the last time I saw the movie. And it was, you know, eight, eight years ago, seven or eight years ago. Um and yeah, it was just, it was very, uh, disturbing in, in a few, in a more of a psychological Cause it was acting. I, I don't know what it is. I've seen a lot of different stuff, you know, a lot of weird, crazy horror stuff, supernatural and not, there's a sort of supernatural element to those movies, house of a thousand corpses, devil's rejects and uh, three from hell, but they're not explicitly like Freddy Krueger or, um, Jason Voorhees, you know, they're, they, it, there's not right, like, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> See, to me, those movies, those like movies are say those movies, I feel like were very much inspired by Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the kind of like grimy, almost like hillbilly exploitation, kidnapping kind of scenario of just like these like fucked up. Rob people. Zombie calls them hellbillies. Hellbillies, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that that's a whole genre, you know, just like hillbilly exploitation. Uh yeah. The Hills Have Eyes. Oh, I, I want to see that. I've never seen that actually. That the original like, or the remake? I've seen either, both. Any of them. Yeah. 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 Well, Listen, you're fine. Yeah. Um okay. I uh I feel like um the uh, I, I'm a classic, you know, sit by the campfire and tell scary stories kind of person. Um, I've 
I've always brought up my uh, personal uh, brush with the spirit world in these uh, these campfire tellings. Um, and uh, I, I will retell it now, and I encourage you both to uh, share any of your your own. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I yeah, but we're gonna let you tell it with the, no interruptions. I want to hear. I want like I'm gonna dim the lights. Okay. Wait. Can I? Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. Whatever. Okay. So uh, let's see. I'm I'm nine, and uh, I have just moved in to a house uh, that. My parents had spent the last uh, year or two building. Um, we had just, uh, we moved around a little bit in Georgia when, when we first moved to Georgia. Um, we moved around a little bit in the first nine years of my life. Um, and we had been renting and uh, this was our move to an intentional community uh, where I spent the rest of my, I spent basically my whole childhood um, there, but uh <clears throat> so we we moved in and it's an intentional community with about um, 30 families in it. Uh, at that time, people were still building on their lots. So we were one of the first couple of families to build out there. Uh, now, this is like an old this is a, about 100 acres, 125 acres of an old cotton farm in Georgia, uh, a little on the outskirts of uh, Athens. And so we're 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 sort of in the agrarian part of uh of this of the state and um so we we move in actually on halloween night officially uh that was our first that was our first night um actually fully moved into the house i had my bed set up i actually slept there for the first time on halloween night uh, i had gone trick-or-treating earlier that night but was very excited to be you know in my new room and everything um and uh, out front, um, I mentioned that this was 125 acres of an old cotton farm. Uh, the, it was owned by a, a family called the Kennys, um, and they were, uh, they were just farmers. Uh, uh, you know, they, their lineage was farmers. Um, and they, uh, they had a, a graveyard out in the front, in my front yard, actually, our lot had the had their uh, family plot on it. Uh, it didn't have the gravestones there at the time, but we had been informed that this was where the family plot was. Uh, later on, the gravestones were moved um, back to this plot. But uh, there were two gravestones for Charles and Louisa Kenny. They were the um, they were the grandparents of the uh, current living Kennys who are very old now. And there was one unmarked grave. And the theory was there that it was a stillborn child um, uh, or possibly a slave child. They, they, there was some speculation as to why it was unmarked, but it was, you know, the, the rocks were only a couple feet apart. So it was definitely a child's grave. Um, and so we actually hadn't like gone out there uh, at this point in time, um, but I did know that there was a plot there. And um, that night, as I'm going to sleep, I remember there was a lot of moonlight, so there must have been a full moon or something. And I was uh, laying in bed, just awake, uh, listening to the creaks and pops of a new house. Um, if you're in a new house ever, you'll notice that I just the boards are like settling the wood is settling in and so there's just it's very loud actually there are a lot of creaks um and the wood is actually like popping um and so I'm just like 
awake listening to this and uh, staring up uh, at the moonlight filtering through my window and I see two blue eyes and they were the eyes of a young girl. Um, that's really all I actually remember. That's the only part of my memory um, that I remember from my nine-year-old self. Uh, I've told this story a bunch of times, but I do remember a young set of blue eyes, like basically right in my line of sight to the window. Um, and we had a couple of other, that was it. Like I, I remember being scared and I put my head under the blanket and then it was all over. But um, I think it was possibly a young person checking in on the new inhabitants of the house. I never had contact with that spirit again, but um, we did over the course of time growing up there, have a couple other little encounters with other potentially, you know, playful spirits. The end. You should lean a, you should lead a, a hearse tour. I was riveted. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I love those ghost tours, the, you know, in the haunted places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We used to have little like haunted woods walks and everything at Halloween. So we had a bunch of woods back there. Very spooky. Uh, yeah. So, so ghosts are real basically. Yep. It, it was just a pair of blue eyes. Ben? I read this quote in this book I read recently. It's like, there's nothing more frightening than seeing a face where there shouldn't be one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, well, I was going to reference like a movie, but that's why I was like, wait, can I just go really quick before you outshine everyone with this really long, elaborate, real story? I'm yeah. like, <laughs> Sorry, Amelia. Um, I'm reading this book right now called uh, Songs of a Dead Dreamer by Thomas Ligotti. Uh, really, really good sort of supernatural horror, but it's really effective because it like creates such a vibe of just like uh, this unsettling vibe too. Like there might only be like a few actual little real scares, you know, in it, but just so much of it just like rests upon this like unsettling descriptions of just like human weakness basically. And just like, uh, like there's this one story about this like woman who uh, she has this, this famous children's book writer who writes stories call, uh, about this like boy who is sort of based on the, on this like boy who like she grew up with. Um, and you know, her dad used to, her dad was an English teacher and her dad used to read her Alice in Wonderland, you know, and mm -hmm. she like, she, her, she would like call her like Alice, you know, as like a little girl. And then, um, you know, he, he like, he died cause of like, he had like a heart attack and you know, years later, she's this like, you know, semi-famous children's author who writes children's books of sort and of bait. What? Keep going. Uh, based on uh, this childhood friend who was a kind of Huckleberry Finn type of free-spirited character. Um, years later, she finds out that this child uh, who, you know, she knew but based a lot of her career kind of off of but never really gave any direct credit to or reference to has died. And so she goes to the funeral and it was like years later, she's like, it's, she's basically like an alcoholic, you know, and she doesn't, she sort of lost this sort of free spirited, you know, young round face of like when like her dad used to call her Alice and she doesn't really, you know, like 
identify with that character anymore except when she's like asked to give these like public readings she kind of puts on her like alice personality even though she's an old soul at this point you know with a lot of cracks um and so she goes to the funeral of like this like friend and she walks up to like the coffin and he sees that you know what she in her memory had only seen as a child is like this old very kind of fat kind of dead looking just like time like the horror of time passing and destroying your beautiful body you know and but like she was herself what so she was seeing herself well no 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 well she saw she saw him like in in the coffin anyway later oh, on she, yeah yeah later on she does this like like reading for halloween at this like library and it's just filled with like all these like rowdy kids and she's just like oh my god oh my god you know and yeah yeah the horror of children all this shit yeah yeah um and then there was like she could have sworn she saw like flickers and like the glass window of like this face you know um and she's just like <clears throat> and she has this like nervous breakdown when she gives this reading in front of the kids and she like just rushes home you know she's like drinking from her flask in the bathroom and she like runs home and she's like sees like these like this face in the window and like she anyway like it's not confirmed if she even saw like anything but it's basically just like this like horrific heartbreaking portrait of like someone in their like middle aged in their middle ages being haunted by like childhood ghosts that she has this like secret guilt of that she never really gave credit to and just like the horror of just like growing old and like you know losing your innocence basically haunted by the past yeah yeah it's great it's called alice's last dream yeah this is the book you're reading yeah well this it's like a short story i can send it to you yeah yeah. Oh. Very good. Very good. Yeah. And you're you're leaning towards. I mean, the, you the just actual, told me the whole you're thing. Life, children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, plot spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna read it to you, but I was actually holding it. Hey, I, I, I almost. Stole... <laughs> Thankfully, you can still watch Carrie. Mm-hmm. Carrie, uh, you know, because like, I knew like what the gist of Carrie was before I saw it for the first time, and I was still like, wow, Sissy Spacek did a great job. I'm that person who's going to ask all my friends what the ending of Sixth Sense is and be like, yeah, just tell me. And Carrie's not very scary, though. Mm-hmm. Carrie's, not a, a, not, Carrie's not a huge suspense movie. It's kind of more of a redemption movie, I would say. Is there an axe like, involved? In she's a not going to watch it. She's not going to watch it. Yeah. Is there an axe? No, there's not an axe involved. No, there's no axe. <laughs> no axe no murdering. Okay. Yeah. No, that's misery. No. That's a misery. No, there is, and that's not an axe. That's a mallet. Yeah. Bubbles. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you yeah. That's also not a horror movie, but it is pretty messed up. It's a good one, though. Yeah. Great book, too. Stephen King's great author. Great yeah. for Ian, three thrillers and horrors. Ian, Ian, uh, you've seen um, Hereditary, right? I did. Yeah, yeah. I saw yeah. Hereditary. That movie, to me, like, really probably was one of the most like unsettling movie experiences I've, I've ever seen. And yet at the same time, at the end of it, I feel like there was a weird, almost like spiritualistic, like catharsis at the end. Cause like you're, you're almost like, it's almost like once again, this act of like supernatural futility, just steamrolling over, over your life, you know? And like, mm-hmm. yeah. Is it just that, is it specifically that one scene that was like the start of your disturbance? You mean that 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 one scene? That yeah, that one scene. <laughs> I mean that was just the shocking. one scene that really instig- that really instigates the like action that follows in, yeah. in the second 
part. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's yeah, the second yeah. I was not seeing that coming. And to me, like that's so what's so horrifying about that movie? It's like the the movie that really uses grief as a vehicle for like horror, and also just like this horror of like, what if you accidentally brutally but accidentally killed like your family member and you just you couldn't rewind time you're like oh 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 my god like you're like the horror of just like making like an accident like that happens. but then there was like a, a couple extra layers of horror and then, yeah, and then, and, yeah and then the fucking weird supernatural witchy shit happens after that yeah it's just like it turns like grief and then it just pounds it down well, let's not say like, witchy i mean it's pretty witchy. Eh, there's some culture so, the satanic stuff we always uh speak about people in the past as being more superstitious i mean that's where the basis of all these like customs uh, in our modern Halloween celebrations come from, but uh, like we, uh, Halloween's origins, as we went through earlier, didn't really originate in all this like creepy stuff. It, it was more of a like, I mean, to pagans today, it's more of a somber, reflective holiday. Um, and to uh, just the, you know, ancient Celtic people, it was just like a, an observance of, of a time of year. And we've today, like, attributed all this superstition and stuff to it. So are we more superstitious than our predecessors? Are we more like, what What does that say about us that it's gone and this, it's taken this, like, very fearful turn and, and we're, we're obsessed with, like, fear and, and horror? I think it's like a, a reflection. I'll go first. It's a, a reflection of, of course, our own insecurities, our bodily insecurity, social insecurity, supernatural insecurity, fear of living in a in a uh, in a meaningless universe, all, all that shit. Um, so I feel like that that's why I find horror most interesting because it, it like really takes head on like a lot of these anxieties you know yeah there's um, literally a spiritual search in a way yeah like to me eating. when i watch a great horror movie it feels like a spiritually uplifting experience mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. yeah. Why? okay i mean not, not every horror movie but i think kind of in the same way that you like go you like pray to different gods like you pray to the god of like light and you pray to the God of darkness. Mm-hmm. Right. And to me, horror movies is like an almost like we are now, like we are all coming together to acknowledge horrific shit, you know, whether that's supernatural kooky shit or whether that's underlaid with like real horrors. I think it's, it's a time that we get to like designate to both compartmentalize, but then also really shine a light on our own fears in a mediated way. Kind of like how like going to church or like seeing a comedy, you know, uh, is, is like the same thing, but just you're chasing a different feeling. Do you get that experience, Ian? Um, I mean, I don't, not every movie. I, 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 I mean, definitely. No, I mean, I, I definitely I, I feel that way when I watch any anything that is substantial or moves me in one way or another. Um, I do find that there's a lot of, you know, garbage out there, but that's, anyways, that's, that's kind of a discussion about like media that you like and media that you don't. But in terms of, you know, a horror or something like that, I think the thing that interests me the most is why, why something that is so grotesque, so 
dark, you know, we like the light, we don't like the dark, things like that. Like horror itself is the, the actuality of that. It's people's ability to, you know, tap into it when they feel like it. Mm-hmm. Um, why do they do that? Why do you want to see that? Why do you, you want know, to like, <laughs> well, but like, like what is it about those kinds of terrors or fear that like, we are so interested in, in, you know, subjecting ourselves to like, you know, like Fiona, you know, that you don't like those kinds of things. They, they affect you afterwards, but you still dip your toe back in mm-hmm. occasionally yeah. You know, like, so like, why? It feels like partaking in a, in a cultural ritual of some kind. It's, I mean, it's kind of like a, it's, it's a confrontation of, of the dark. It's, it's an acknowledgement of fear. Um, but I think I totally would have been one of those, uh, those, uh, rural, um, folk, uh, of, ye old times who was uh stoking the bonfire to ward away the evil spirits i would i would have been very scared yeah it sounds like a lot of fun yeah um but yeah i don't know that's i guess it's it's maybe just comes down to peer pressure well i was just about to say you would never watch something that scary on your own right like is it more about the bonded experience of i mean think about these movies that you're watching you know sometimes it's the one person against everyone else but a lot of times it's like a team or a group mm-hmm. or like a, a companion type experience so when you engage in those fear activities whether it's watching a movie or doing something scary for the first time with someone else or with a few people that bonds you to those people one of my best That's times true. I ever had at the movie theater was seeing it the, the, the first one it was just a rowdy group of people and it was so it made the experience so much more oh, fun. That's with a you know stranger and his roommates and it's like mm, i don't know about this yeah i don't know you <laughs> you could definitely murder me <laughs> do you ever find yourself thinking about like when you watch a movie and it brings up like trust or character issues you like look around at the people that you're watching the movie with and you're like do i trust this person yeah. enough to like well I do, that, first? I do that even without the horror movies like i used to have a thing of just like and i kind of still do like if i go camping with somebody no matter like how long i don't know like if it's within the first like year or something of like knowing them i'll just wake up in the middle of the night look over and be like how well do i know you <laughs> It's the ones you've known for years and years that you got to worry about, not the one-year person. I'm, play- yeah. I'm playing the long game. Yeah, I, I, I do think that everyone's playing the long game with me. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> found just, common ground. You guys just made fun of me an hour ago for having those fears. <laughs> no, I was saying that, like, those are, I said those were very valid fears, I believe. Good. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you for validating. I, yeah. Yeah. I see you. Absolutely. So, since what's our time here? Um, lest we, lest we, uh, oh, yeah, I said I was gonna put a timer on, I didn't do that. No, okay, that's fine. Um, we've probably been going almost an hour. Uh, are there some 
some closeout sort of topics about Spooktober that we want to touch on. Um, I'm trying to really like get at the core of like, what is it, what are the exciting parts of, of this time of year? What, what really gets us going and what's, what elicits some kind of reaction can be like fear can be whatever. I mean, I think we've culminated the fact that, you know, it's both a change in seasons, it's a change in harvests, we're getting different flavors, you know, new flavors, new scents, new temperatures, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's that ritualistic aspect that people love, you know, it's something that happens every single year. So I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, you know, nuts to, to understand why people get so into it. But I think at this point now, it's, you know, so many people, so many traditions, people all get into it for different reasons and not for the same, which is why, you know, not everyone is quite as interested in the the history or the things that go along with it or the theory mm-hmm. as we might wish. Yeah. Um, but, but the thing that we can say is that for the most part, everyone feels it, you know, not everyone likes Christmas, not everyone likes summer, but like the fall is kind of, you know, people want it to be warmer maybe, but, uh, you know, for the most part, it's not a, I don't think it's like a hugely contested time of year. I think it's like an acceptance thing. So, you know, people, people enjoy it because it's not quite the Yuletide, but it's also not the intensity of uh, Beltane, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, I think uh, proximity to, to the spiritual is, is a big draw. Um, for me personally, and, uh, and just uh, that, that like reflective aura of it, like we are, we're reflecting on the darker undercurrents of life here. And, um, and also, uh, everyone, here's my pitch, everyone should be into October and fall this, this season, because uh, it's a double full moon in October, um, right before a very scary election. Mm. I wonder what that does to the tides, a double full moon in one month. It's a double full moon. Might be the last month we ever have, folks. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's culminating in this month. Whatever 2020 is, I'm just saying it's culminating. The in season this finale month. of 2020 is approaching. Yeah. yeah. Although a double full moon, it would still happen in the time it takes for a full moon. It's not like two full moons happen in one day. So probably wouldn't affect the tides at all necessarily. No, what I, yeah. And, and what I mean there is that like, we, we have two full moons in one month. We've had, right. we had one on October 1st and we have one on October 31st. It makes you shiver. It makes you shiver. Yeah. Um, I'm just excited um, for the return of the PSL. That's about it. Oh my god! <laughs> we already made one reference. That was an Oh really? I don't yeah. know. Okay. That was the Jack. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. Pumpkin sky latte. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna ask you if you were a pumpkin spice latte bunch. It's it's kind of gross, honestly. It's it's too sugary for me. I like chai. Chai tea is good. Like sugary chai. I don't drink coffee. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite thing about this month is I, it's the month where I like start listening to like more metal again, mm. like, because I feel like, like I, did, like I can, like, it's just like, okay, like now, because I'm a seasonal music listener, huh? Seasonal music listener then. Yeah, no, for real. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Seasonal music listener. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Just get to listen to like darker music and I feel like I'm not spoiling, uh, spoiling the mood. It must Probably be fresh for you. 
Hmm? It must be fresh for you if you're if you're coming back to it again after a year. This is your annual annual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like you know the volume of it. I just listen to more of it, so it's just like I don't know. You just get to like like nature is like uh, you know conspiring with you in some way. I also feel like the like it's different from spring where warmer weather is approaching where things are like you know heating up this is like this spring the the like the coolness of the air brings clarity to the mind and I just I have this like vision of like walking through a corn maze or whatever with friends and just like the smells that that come to me at this time of year and that just like that that rush of like shivers up my spine or whatever just that like it, it it brings this like aliveness to me in the midst of all this death what aren't you afraid of the scarecrows no i i haven't watched a movie that's made me afraid of them i don't want to i well because i was going to say we never we never mentioned our uh, our favorite monsters mm. Ooh, yeah um i think we should end on that then uh favorite Favorite supernatural horror monsters. Yeah. Or not even horror, just a creature of some sort. A creature. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're big on creatures in this show, so. Yeah. Um, who's prepared? Well, I mean, I'll just go with one. Uh, I like, I guess you could say this with a lot of different witch movies. It's similar. Like, I could say both with The Witch and like The Blair Witch Project. It's like, I know it sounds stupid, but it's like, it's always scarier when you don't see it, you know, but it's only like alluded to, right? And and it can potentially change the shape to anything. It can mm-hmm. like be any shape and form. Yeah, yeah. Just sort of like the witch of the wood kind of thing. Uh-huh. Uh, you love the monster you don't see. Or you could even say that about, say that about Alien up until a certain point, right? You know, you just see like little little things like I, I think aliens are super scary too. Yeah. Fiona. Um, I was going to bring up, <clears throat> so, uh, obviously I haven't spent a lot of time, um, you know, in, in horror movies and whatnot, but, uh, I had a really great experience. I was in the Peace Corps in Indonesia and, and my like students were really into telling ghost stories. And there were some pretty horrific ghost stories that I thought were pretty like revealing of cultural issues, uh, that were going on. Um, a lot of them were of like women who had, you know, like suffered some, uh, some horrible thing, uh, during childbirth or something like, uh, Kuntilanak is, uh, a an Indonesian like woman uh, ghost who who's like wandering around. She's like a uh, pregnant ghost, and she's uh, she's just like she'll just appear. Like there was a where was that picture? Or, oh, did I like oh five Indonesian ghosts? That's not it. Um, I, you guys just got this blue glow about your face. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably the most feared of ghosts, especially in Java. Kuntilanaks are supposedly created when a woman dies whilst pregnant. They appear as tall, pale-skinned women dressed completely in white with thick, dark hair covering their faces. So think the ring. Um, she gives off a quiet, childlike cry when she is near. But when she is far, you can hear her howling. When she appears, at first you notice a fragrant, flowery smell. But suddenly this changes to the smell of rotting flesh. Yeah. And that, and, and that, like, you, you like that, you, that doesn't terrify you, though. Uh, we just, we're going with, like, cool here. Okay. There's no, this is the uh, ambiguous zone. Of, I'm, I don't like it or hate it, but it's cool. 
Hell yeah. I'm, I'm super into that. Um, Your turn. Okay. Uh, I really like creatures that have, that are like missing facial features. Um, you know, either they, like a lot of them, you know, won't have eyes or they'll, you know, the, like, or, or their mouth will be like, you know, th- there won't be a mouth or something like that. Or they have no senses, something about like the restriction of senses, not just like having lost your sight, but like never having had it. Um, Guillermo del Toro does a lot of stuff like that. Uh, the pale man in Pan's Labyrinth where the eyes are in the hands. Oh, yeah, I love uh, that. He does in Hellboy 2, there's a creature called the Angel of Death and it, it has this huge, uh, you know, like almost like crown type thing in this shroud and it has multiple voices coming out of it and it basically meets him at every crossroads of, of life and death. And um, it has no eyes and just this like, you know, this like, skeletal mouth um or or you know in in uh an episode of teen titans from you know the mid 2000s raven the dark you know character who's like you know uh, anyways uh there's this episode where basically she's facing it's called fear itself or face your fear or something and there's this huge shadow monster with eyes red eyes like coming out of its fit like its face and its body and these like horrible twisted mouths um but it's not a face you know it's 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 that kind of twisted amorphous uh uh Perfect. not quite face face yeah those those yeah. kinds of creatures really uh really terrify me. or not or not terrify me but i think are very very uh interesting yeah um, and would be the that's, most terrifying to encounter. Yeah. In life. That gets at the unexpected. Like you, it's so close to what you want to see, but then it's like so far off. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's pretty, that's, I agree. That's hmm. pretty scary. Well, there's only one way to end an episode, isn't there? Yeah. Oh boy. Yes. <laughs> well, you guys go first. Are we are we about to uh, have a very um, thematically appropriate tarot reading? Yeah, of course, absolutely, always. A very spooky tarot reading. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have your goddess cards? Not here, no. To me, those are just like playthings. Ben doesn't believe in the power, the true power. That, but those aren't tarot cards. Yeah, they're they're just, like yeah, yeah. We, we need a real deck. We're still working on it. Like I've said before, the tarot cards themselves are not magic. They are a tool for you to to seek within yourself the answers that you've already come to. Okay, it, it's just a litmus test. But also, you know, like magic might be totally real. I it definitely is. Um, this I want to find so, some sort of ancient deck then in a in a in a chasm. That's the way to do it. Wouldn't that be pretty cursed? Yeah, all the best objects are cursed. Like you oh, gotta yeah. live with it if you want that that unique. You know, like we were just ta- uh, talking about with like you know you're you're the protagonist. You're the uh-huh. uh, you're the one that finds the the magical object, and you have to bear that burden. But like it kind of oh, so there's a great quote 
um, in a movie or a show called Penny Dreadful. And at the end of the first season, it's a beautiful period piece that you would love. Very spooky, but like not too scary. It's lovely. Um, Uh The main character is kind of plagued by, let's just say these demons. We we won't name them or specify them because I think you'll enjoy seeing it. Um, But basically she goes to a priest at the end of the first season and she, you know, asks him about, you know, the she she has some sort of uh, Catholic connection um, with the Catholic church or the uh, Christianity. And he says, uh, if you, you know, being touched by the devil is kind of like being touched by the backhand of God. It makes you sacred in a sense, you know, would you really want to be normal or, or like everyone else? So, you know, regardless of whether you're encountering things that are cursed or dark or light, good or bad, like you're encountering something beyond yourself. And so, you know, are you going to rise to that challenge? Are you going to accept that, that, you know, opportunity, or are you going to reject it and live out your life the way you've been doing or, or seek the lives of a less complicated individual? What I've wanted my whole life, what I've been preparing for mentally all this time. So then you would probably take being touched by the backhand of God over a normal life. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Those kinds of those kinds of choices, those kinds of uh, opportunities, almost, and that's the, the other thing that I ask myself: like, would you do it? Sure, but what if it came at a cost? Oh, it always does. Yeah. So, are you willing to pay any price? I I legit was like seriously asking myself this question as a kid when I just just fucking wanted my letter to Hogwarts to arrive. Like I really, that's all. You, you were upset about that too. Yeah. I was upset when I didn't get a Pokemon when I didn't get a letter to Hogwarts. When... Yeah. I remember having like that's a breakdown. Funny. My dad was not sympathetic towards it. Yeah. Um, and I, I was like, you know, my 11 year old self was like, okay, but Fiona really like, would you do it? Like, would you, accept the letter would you change your whole life would you like just like if you got sucked in a time uh like portal right now would you, you never, never back? Know. yeah would you go and i was like yes okay so ian is uh spreading the cards uh in his hands we're doing this virtually just tell me when to stop okay so Come on. Ian's pulled yeah. two cards. The reverse four of coins and the upright six of wands. Ooh. Were we supposed to ask a question? Yeah. These are just kind of background cards for now. And instead of a question, why don't you think of, uh, do you want to know about the past, the present, or the future? Most people want to know Obviously about Obviously the, the future. future. Yeah running as far as we can from the past all right the three of swords oh this one's for me sorry (laughs) i've drawn that one before i always draw when i'm like in the middle of a transition so the future for fiona 
So this isn't our joint future. We're we're individually getting our future. Joint futures are tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. This is the reversed. Okay, so the four of cups reversed indicates that you've been pulling yourself out of the rut you've been in. While your life may have previously felt stagnant, that is now coming to an end. The four of cups reversed represents leaving regrets, remorse, wishful thinking in the past, and focusing on the present and moving forward in a positive direction. You will be seizing opportunities with enthusiasm and focus. It signifies that you have realized that you have been detached from the world and caught up in self-absorption, and that has now been replaced with self-awareness and a zest for life. You are done with fantasizing about what your life could be or wallowing in grief or self-pity and are ready to rejoin the world and take a proactive approach to making things happen. You may be letting go of patterns or people in your life that are no longer good for you when this minor arcana card appears, but the Four of Cups reverse can also represent acting spoiled as a result of pandering too much to others. If you are engaging in this sort of behavior, you need to take responsibility for yourself and stop expecting others to do everything for you. If you don't, it will be of your own detriment. Mm. And it's like the opposite of uh, death vibes of this time of year. Um, well, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, like something has already died and now you're because, well, I mean, the thing that I read that was, uh, was that, uh, Sawain is more about the rebirth, like the, 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 like, that's the thing to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Like it's so the rebirth true. of, right. The new season. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. Excellent. Yeah. I'm really glad it wasn't a negative reading. I mean, still got the six of swords and the upside down four of coins. Uh-oh. Okay, so now do you do bends or what? Huh? Oh, you want bends? Yeah. Tell me when. When? Page of coins. You really don't want Zoom to like crap out when you're trying to say when. Brings a welcome message of new beginnings, inspiration, and the initial stages of a creative project or venture. They rule the material realm and the correspondent, and they are correspondent to the element of earth. It symbolizes a burgeoning awareness of the value of money, wealth, possessions, career, and physical health, and how to manifest more of these material blessings. You welcome new opportunities to your material life, a new job, a new business, or a financial windfall, and wish to discover how to turn your dreams into a reality. Oh, that's kind of similar to mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you're both in transistory periods. It seems like, like the most recent season, you know, you've gotten past this stagnant COVID filled, uh, you know, displacency from the world. And now you're in this new burgeoning realm of opportunity. And those are not bad things. Ready for change, whether good or bad. And then four of coins. Is there, yeah. What, how do the other cards play into this reading? Mm, let me find out. Four of coins is reversed. 
The reverse four of pentacles can appear when you are reevaluating what's important to you, especially when it comes to money and wealth. You may have placed too much value on material possessions and have now come to the realization that money and things won't make you happy. Only love will make you happy. As a result, you may be loosening your grip on the need to surround yourself with things in favor of seeking out more love and happiness in your life instead. You might be compelled to declutter your home or opt for a minimalist lifestyle. Money is no longer your number one priority and you are redefining your relationship with material possessions and money. Well, I was definitely reevaluating how many student loans I took out today and uh, considering giving some of that money back so I don't accrue interest on the current quarter. So yeah, that really hits home. Ben? What? <laughs> <laughs> the last one uh, is the six of swords. It means that you're in a state of transition, leaving behind what was familiar and moving towards the unknown. You might be moving house, leaving a relationship, uh, changing jobs, going through a rite of passage or a mental shift. This change may be your own doing or forced upon you and maybe may feel sad to leave behind what is so familiar to you. However, you know, this move is essential for your growth and personal development. The sadness over what you have lost will soon be replaced by greater mental, greater mental clarity and a renewed acceptance of a change. You will become a better person as a result. So a lot of themes in these cards. Themes in me over the head. Yeah. Money, growth. Yeah transition the seasons yeah honestly i feel like all my economics readings uh are kind of um really tainting the reading here i think it's like permeating yeah well sounds like good things are on the horizon though thank you for the reading mm -hmm. um and for being our guest uh you're our second ever guest and it's exciting uh mm -hmm. when we get new New blood on the podcast. Any yeah. shameless plugs? Where, where can folks find you and support you? Oh, shameless plugs. Uh, you know, my name's Ian Spencer, photographer, dreamer, you know, <laughs> just overall, overall person. Uh, yeah, that's that's yeah. about it. Check out, check out his photography, spencer.com. It's pretty cool. INS photography at Instagram. Um, well, thank you for having me. It's been really rewarding experience having listened to all of the episodes up until this and to now have to hear my, my voice <laughs> recording, yeah. which I hate. Honestly, this is a growth process for all of us. Uh, we should have stated our intentions, uh, at the beginning, but, uh, that's kind of been the the current of this whole podcast. Also, I was wrong about my greatest fear. My greatest fear is like hearing myself in something <laughs> that many people have access to. That's that's one of the greatest fears. You've been on the journey, folks. Uh, we've conquered our fears. <laughs> Eviscerate me in the in the comment section, please. Like. Give me that satisfaction I crave. We'd die for some comments. I, I don't mm. think we're... Or we? like a review, maybe. Yeah, review. Yeah, anything. We should just write a book of like... I'm, I'm telling you, it's gotta... You gotta, you gotta go for the, the video production value and like have a little scene and a set and 
He's a visual yeah. person. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people, you know, they start like with just the voices or like the podcast and then they, they get into it. But like, I have someone right now, um, uh, my good friend, Mike, who's done like over a hundred episodes. He does a really successful, um, podcast called in love with the process he's a director and like he gets all sorts of celebrities on there and and people in the industry uh-huh. uh, and even even he like you know he has like maybe i don't know 20 or thirty thousand followers on instagram or something like that and like even though he has the the respect and the ability to get those guests there's still a problem with like getting traction um in the it, just in with with so much stuff being like thrown at you and like the things that people like gravitate towards are, you know, are marketed, marketed to them in a specific way. So, um, you know, he, he tries to, he'll try to do like certain things to, to like gauge more interest while also like poking fun of the fact that he even has to do it, uh, for his podcast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Also, like, you guys are, it's like, I would have, if I hadn't been able to get my video to work today, I feel like I would have felt a lot less engaged being able to, to, you know, see the two of you. So I feel like if when I'm listening to your podcasts, I wish I was seeing the two of you, uh, except for right now when I'm on it and able to see you, (laughs) but I think the viewers are going, the viewers want to see the, they want to see the, you know, they want to see the, the, uh, the, the chemistry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that will all be in our, for our Patreon subscribers only, mm-hmm. uh, access to the resume recordings. Hey, we're all thinking of doing OnlyFans. So, <laughs> um, yeah, well, happy Spooktober to, uh, our faithful audience of zero and, um, really excited to, uh, do maybe another podcast with you. Absolutely. Hero. Absolutely. I would Halloween, everybody make a scene, trick or treat. Tell the neighbors, come